Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk After Dark, your late night live stream where we talk Star Wars weirdly. I am your host. With me, as always, is my better host, Emma. Hi. And our other fabulous host is being fabulous all the way in San Francisco and partying it up. So we have a super fantabulous, extra fun host guest, Hope. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So everybody, um, I found out before the show that Brian's birthday is in a few days, so I do want to just say very happy birthday to Brian. Thank you. Thank you. With that, are we ready, my friends? Are we ready? Yes. Yes. Let's go. Did you see? You're you're in our intro. You're in our <laughs> intro. I, I noticed most... that. I did. I did. Very important. Mm-hmm. And it was right before like Kalazeb, which are just the sweetest husbands, and I love. I so. I did that specifically for you. I was trying to make this very gay, <laughs> and I legit put you like yes. It was very intentional. Ah, <laughs> uh, hello, Nick. Hello, hello. Hello, kitten. Alejandro, stop looking at me like that. Also, Hope, before we started, I would like to know what cereal you're eating. (laughs) (laughs) Nick, let's go with 25. We're going to stop at 25. And hello, Lauren. Lauren, an extra big shout out to you. I love you very, very, very much. Just so you know. I miss not being in the chat with everybody. Oh, I love you all. I can't even see the chat. I'm like, where is everybody? Hi, Gabe. Hello, I have everybody. to say, hi, Chase. Hello, hello. Hi. Sending extra love vibes to you as well today, Chase. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you do. And it's okay to take a breaky break. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have to say, real quick, before we go forward with tonight's show, I'm very excited that Pride Week is on the way. This is our last episode before Pride Month begins with lots of guests, lots of gay. It's going to be pink everywhere, sparkle glitters, all of the best parts of our community, and we're here to celebrate. And I don't ever want anyone to forget that it is okay To take a win and to have a minute to celebrate just because we are celebrating for Pride Month does not mean that we are giving up on the fight that continues and needs to be had for all of our rainbow siblings and everyone in our our queer family. But it's okay to also celebrate where we're at. It's okay. And Pride is a protest. It is all of those things too. But it's also, it is okay to get your party on. And I'm very proud... Yeah, I'm very proud of this chat. Last week, we had Brian, who was in for the first time, and had mentioned how excited they were. And even our queer allies 
that that support the show and are here with us week to week in our steam room shirts on shirts off towels on towels off whatever you straight people want to do it's all good with me (laughs) all of you help support my favorite part of the queer community and i believe for the majority of the time the queer community is a very loving and supportive group and when we need to come together we always come together we might forget a day or two here or there but like true siblings we always band together every time we every time we need to and last week with that new face in the chat and having everyone in the chat sending all the love and the welcomes just made me so incredibly (laughs) proud so i want everyone to know in our steam room that i very much feel that you are part of our pink milk family and um, i'm just really really proud of um what we all have turned into together and I'm very proud. Hope, what were you going to say? And I just want to say, cause like, I know not everybody can be out. Not everybody can be out in the open. And sometimes they have to still hide who they are. And even going with into pride month, like it's still your month. You're still just as valid. So we love you just as much as well. And it's, it's nope. okay. And we, we know that you are, are there and valid and special. And we love you as well. Even if you can't be openly who you are. So. That's right. Yep. Part of acceptance is meeting people where they are in their lives mm-hmm. and trusting that they're doing what's best for them. So if you need yep. to be in the closet, that's okay. You still belong <laughs> with us. And if you can find opportunities to come and talk to us and, you know, be a part of be a part of the community in a way that's safe for you, you are welcome. 100%. 100%. Hello, Goose. Hello, my friend. Oh, there's so many great people in Chicago. Like, I can't wait to get back to Chicago someday because I know so many more people there now. So, um, yeah, love it. Love it. How are the two of you this evening? Hope, let's start with you. How was your week? Long. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of yard work in like the 90s, and it's not supposed to be the 90s this time of year. So I'm a, a little bit tired, a little bit, a little bit tired, and doing good, and yeah. So not again. We're oh. gonna have to fix this. <laughs> so I had not one, but two interviews <laughs> this weekend. Like I said, for for the podcast for Pride Month, I worked on this camera specifically to make sure. I think it's Emma. And hope and the chat just becomes too gay for this computer, and we just rainbow it all out. And I'm yeah, here for it. Yeah, it's totally time, fine. Every time you rainbow, I'll just stick this up. <laughs> we'll all be rainbow. Yes. It. So, so good. So here for it. Just throw that up there. Just Star Wars. It's gay. <laughs> Gays in space with wizards and lightsabers mm-hmm. and pew pews. Gay pew pews. It Rainbows of pew pews. Absolutely. If you are not convinced, oh, I imagine rainbow pupus. If you do not believe that Star Wars is queer, make sure you check out that gay Jedi because Chase, our beautiful friend, queer Star Wars. And if you didn't think so before, you will after like one video, but I'll even like let you have two. Go watch the one about C3PO and then you're like, oh, yeah, it's (laughs) great. I mean, have you seen the tax card? The the error tops card. Have you seen it? Like it's official merchandise, and it's I have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anytime I see a top rock in that, I'll be coming right on over. If you 
And Chad, if you don't know what I'm doing, uh, if I, what I'm talking about, go to Google and type in um, C3 Dirty CPO C3PO. tops. Yeah, three CPO tops error error card, and it's actually official merchandise. <laughs> You'll love it. Hello, Robbie. Oh my gosh, our my friend Greg from uh, Rebel Base Card, who I love that podcast. Greg is awesome. I really want to come back now and just do a deep dive on that tops card because, like, his podcast is all about <laughs> trading cards. Nice. <laughs> I actually got that for my my co podcaster because it was the only card that Chris didn't own because it was so expensive, and I was like, "Look, okay." And I surprised him, mm-hmm. and he actually opened it on the show, and he was like, "It's the." D card, the D card. He was so happy. Oh, of course. I love it. Robbie with a (laughs) rainbow storm trooper is going to pop with, I have that card. Mm. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Chat. Ha ha. Uh, Also, yes, that tops card is dot, dot, dot. A lot. (laughs) I just love that it's official merchandise. It really Uh, is. Yeah. Kitten. You just looked it up, and you're welcome. <laughs> Nobody ever can say that pink milk is not like given to the world after this. It's like true. here, kitten, there you go. You've just made it everything we've ever done worth it. We just gave you something. You're welcome. That's it. That podcast over. This is the final episode of. Good pink night, milk. everyone. Thank Goodbye. you so much. We we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this was our last one. <laughs> Fulfilled our mission. There is nothing left to say. <laughs> all right, I'm out about you. Star Wars. <laughs> and we also know why R2 stuck around for so long. He he's like, you could talk to me that way. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. We all know why now. <laughs> and I mean, you know, R2 oh. always has lube, so. Mm. <laughs> oh. My, yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I maybe in my younger years when I was still 25 slash 26, I do think I found myself in an oil slick like that with all those super battle droids. Like I I, bet it was also flaming. It was very flaming. And, you know, we've all squeezed the lube bottle too hard once or twice before. And it was like, oh, that's a little more than I needed. (laughs) All right. Tom is not here and he's gonna if he's watching now he's turning it off Emma how about you how was your week (laughs) it was good I took vacation actually it was a long weekend in Canada um so I took vacation like starting on Friday of last week and I only went back to work yesterday um I just kind of loafed around it was nice I I had planned on doing some writing but I did not (laughs) okay well real quick Alejandro, don't look at me like that, but keep typing. Wow, now I want that hard C3PO fanfic. So later this weekend, and when you get back to it, work it in. No. You're welcome. Everyone, you're welcome. I have way too many things to write. (laughs) Yeah, story of my life. I have a first draft due on June 27th, and I am freaking out. I have a article for geeky waffle that i've been sitting on for a week and haven't got to yet (laughs) well you know um waffles usually have a lot of syrup so just say you were stuck on it for a minute and uh candace will be forgiving right there you go yeah 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 so (laughs) 
I may be writing some more stuff about coming up, but it's not. Awesome. I'm very excited about my other love, which is animation. Awesome. Well, that is why you're here tonight, my friend. So, uh, you know, this week has been great. It is my last week as a 41-year-old. I don't know (laughs) where this time has gone. It's very strange. I have never in a million years cared about my birthday. Like, I always love a zero. So, like, I loved turning 40. I love turning 30. I love a nine. I love, the, like, self-reflection period. So, I've always, like, looking looked forward to getting older. This one, I don't know if it's because for the first time in, like, five years, we've closed our adoption license. So, I have been, like... Oh my God, is a child going to get dropped on my door today? Am I going to, is this the phone call? Is this that? Like, my family is done. Um, that there, and we just came out of 2020, which is this weird year. Like, I'm like, it's really hitting me in a very weird way. <laughs> like, it's really, not, it's not bad. I'm just yeah. way more thoughtful about it than I ever have before, which is all right. But thank you, Nick. Nick is also over here saying uh, 42. It's not that bad here. Boom. Hey Brian. <laughs> Good company. Good company. Yes. Happy birthday. To oh. You. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday, <laughs> dear Brian. 42 looks so good on you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you, friends. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (sighs) A man in uniform sung to you tonight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very romantic. You know what's great about that helmet? Hmm. When that helmet comes off, his hair is going to be messy. Mm -hmm. I wish Mm -hmm. it did come off. And I wish I had a Zeb too so I could make them kiss, but I don't. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Well, so tonight we are going to be talking and Mark before. Sorry, Mark. Welcome to San Francisco. I hope the well, I know the move went well because I've been talking to him, but I'm very happy for you. I hope you're having one of those fancy like milkshake beer things or I don't know, some fancy beer thing that you drink. Isn't he? I think he's into some milkshake beer. I don't I don't know anything about beer. I don't know. Mark, run with it. An oatmeal beer. There we go. Because I know oatmeal beers are a thing. So I hope you're having an oatmeal beer, even though it's not it's not a winter. So it's probably not an oatmeal beer right now. I don't know. I'm just sounding very. Wow. I can't wait for Mark to come on next week and do all these corrections. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be great. Um, actually. (laughs) I mean, if we just finish the podcast, then it'll be his new podcast of how was Brian wrong? Here is oatmeal beer. Welcome to the new episode. And also, this, these are all the reasons why Star Trek is great and Brian is wrong and not smart. <laughs> I, I will say, yeah, like he's he's lovely when it comes to that because my co-podcaster is also a Star Trek fan. And Mark was okay. on my show a few weeks ago and they had like a 15-minute Star Trek conversation. I just sat there clueless, but I let them go. Emma's the only one that hasn't been on my show and you're next. Okay. And I'm down. I will come on anybody's show. If you're listening and you have a show, it doesn't matter what it's about. I will come on it and talk. Yeah, so don't be afraid to ask people to be on your shows. Mm-hmm. Someone wants to say hello again. Oh. Hi, hi, friend. 
family friends. Hey, everyone. <laughs> How are you? I'm sure you remember Michael. Hi, Michael. Michael's great. Hi, Michael. They're all saying hello. Hi. Hi, Michael. Tell me about How your necklace. Doing? It looks great. What necklace? <laughs> Classic Michael. Uh-huh. Michael, I have heard that you've been watching Bad Batch lately. What is your favorite thing about it? I'm your favorite part of Bad Batch? I said that. That's what you just said. Nuh-uh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you watched Bad Batch with me this morning, right? Uh, did you like we it? Bad Batch mm-hmm. We did. Mm-hmm. All right. Say goodbye. Say bye, bye. thank you. Bye, love. <laughs> oh. Love kids. Oh, I have to say mine don't ever great. be afraid to have your kids and your pets on your podcast because they're great. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, in all seriousness, my children are brought up like every five minutes on, on my podcast anyway. So they're kind <laughs> of like, well, like physically manifest. Your other they really are. They really, really are. All right, so tonight we are going to be talking about Star Wars storytelling in kind of all of their visual mediums, the main three. Emma, we can bring up video games, too, if you want to bring in Fallen Order. I just literally know nothing about Yeah, so (laughs) we'll be talking about animation, live action, the movies, video games, uh, and... Comics? Sure, sure, I, I... I cannot contribute because I am not really don't really read enough Star Wars comics. I don't know why. Uh, But anyways, I'm a slut for Charles Soule's run of Darth Vader, and I can talk about it at any point. So anybody, I'm a slut for Charles Soule. I love it. And then if we have time, we'll talk about Bad Batch. So let me do this just ahead, just in case we run out of time. On a scale of 1 to 10, also everyone in the chat, everyone. well, by the time you listen to this on Monday, you should watch Bad Batch by now. But, spoiler alert, <laughs> don't <laughs> drink spoiled milk. Spoil, spoiler alert. On a scale of 1 to 10, chat, I want to see your numbers as well. Moochie. How cute was baby Moochie? I'm going to give it a 10. Because who in the world would have ever thought a Rancor would have been adorable? I'm heartbroken, assuming that's that Rancor, even though I understand Twitter had a... God forbid you just have fun with Star Wars Twitter. You got to make everything a gigantic, stupid deal. I don't think it is, because it wasn't the other one named, like, Patino or something? Yeah, like Patisi from Aftermath. Yeah. So You know, um, I call my son Pickle all the time, but his name is not Pickle. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Mal- is it Malakili, right? Ma- Malakila, whatever. Uh, loves that rancor, so it could just be a cute little pet name, too. I mean, whatever. Mm. Anyways, Moochie, Hope, where? where? I would give, give her about a nine-ish. Nine-ish. I, I you know, love I'm not, it. I'm not the warmest <laughs> on on uh, rancors myself. Now, if it was a lost cat, it'd be a 20, because those are my babies. Okay. Um, but I do like how they animated the eyes. Um, mm-hmm. Something I really enjoy about Bad Batches is kind of a culmination of everything that's come before it. So there's Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance and Mandalorian, like all these kind of storytellings. So it had these almost like 
rebels resistance kind of eyes that were mm-hmm. almost too cartoony, but it still worked because we had seen it in previous media. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed looking at uh, Moochie's eyes because they were that nice kind of balance between the shows. I like that. That's, oh God, I love you, Hope. And also, thank you for bringing up eyes because that is also, I miss Rebel's eyes. I want that light reflection in eyeballs all the time. Actually, I just Mm -hmm. want Star Wars Rebels animation everywhere all the time anyways because it's my favorite Star Wars animation, hands down. Give me some Rebels characters with more of like this Bad Batch slash Clone Wars backgrounds. That's what I want. Blend those two together. I have been really enjoying um, the textures of Bad Batch 2 because mm-hmm. when you get those really close-ups, they almost look like they've been painted on the textures, like with a dry paintbrush. And it mm-hmm. almost looks like moving portraits versus something that's like your more classic Clone Wars animation. It's almost like this melding mm-hmm. of those as well because um, Rebels was very heavy in Ralph McQuarrie paintings, actually being the first show to have a Ralph McQuarrie painting in yep. canon. Yeah. Um, and but so was resistance. Resistance has these kind of almost watercolor esque backgrounds, and again, that batch is like this culmination of it. It's gorgeous. I love seeing well, paintbrush textures. I was here for some resistance animation because I'm a really, 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 I'm an illustrator too, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one of my biggest influences is Patrick Nagel because again, I was a child of the '80s. And if anyone doesn't know who Patrick Nagel is, he is probably the most famous for his uh, Duran Duran Rio album cover and that art. And I love his art. Like, I love it. It was I did a Patrick Nagel drawing was the very first piece of digital art that I ever made in like eighth grade, ninth grade, I think, which, you know, whatever. How gay is that? Here's my Patrick Nagel like (laughs) Duran Duran cover in 1993 or whatever that was. So. Um, Emma, let me start with you. Do you feel that between th- that these mediums tell different kinds of Star Wars stories? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the medium that you're using, it some like it sort of defines and shapes the story, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, and like, like, for example, with the animated series, you could do sort of like really long arcs because, I mean, these stories, when you add up all the episodes, like they go on for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, and it's really easy to do callbacks later on because you don't have to worry about like bringing back a real person actor who might have a life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely easier to, like, impersonate a voice or get it close. One of my favorite animated things that comes to my recent mind was uh, Ninja Turtles from, like, the late 2000 teens or something. I don't remember when it came out. But but the voice actor for Leonardo left. And then, so I think it was season three, they basically made the original Ninja Turtles movie, like, over the course of a series. And it was, like, so good. And then... Uh, Rafael or Leonardo in the show got injured and was out of commission for a while. And when he came back, his voice had changed because of the damage, but it was a different voice actor. And I was like, Oh, this is like, this is so smart. It was so good because the other, the new actor, which I think was Seth Green, if I remember correctly, like didn't even try to emulate what was there before. So they just wrote it into the story. It was perfect. It was great. Loved it. 
Loved it. That's so Hello, cool. Alexandria. I mean, that's what I always feel about like when people are like, should they recast Cara Dune? I'm like, yes, if they can replace a whole Hulk in an MCU, it'll be fine. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Why give up that character? Because the actress sucked. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like I've said before, it's like, you know, there's, it's been seen throughout human history that you've had multiple people playing the same character and people haven't batted an eye. They just adjust, you know? We've had two roadies and two hulks in the MCU. He'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mean, since they completely replaced an actor in season two. They just switch someone else out. Yeah. In what show? And they, in Sensate on Netflix, my favorite TV show of all time. Your show, yeah. But no, I wax poetic think. about it. Um, the the Kenyan man. They oh, changed. They changed yeah, the actor yeah. between the first and second seasons. It's never really been confirmed why exactly it happened. There are theories, but like, yeah. But yeah, there's no official story for it. But all they did was they had one line. They had one character be like. Oh, you know, you look you look a bit different these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same with And the other guy Rose. was like, Yeah, you know, I've been like uh drinking more water. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean Game of Thrones did the same thing too. I mean, they were yeah, constantly true, changing actors. Yeah. Well, that show, that cast was like eight hundred thousand people anyway. So like I could never tell you who was who. You could have changed Jon Snow like four times, and I'm not sure I would have noticed. Like I mean, he wasn't much of a uh, character, so nobody would have noticed. <laughs> I I mean I enjoyed that show. What did he do? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry. I love what Chase Chase and Kitten here were very into this episode of The Bad Batch. Um, part of the reason I wanted to talk about this is because when I've been talking with Tom, and I feel like I read a tweet earlier in this week that not enough is happening in Bad Batch. Oh, and like. What is happening to Mandalorian? <laughs> like, yeah. oh. Well, like, there's something I will say for me, like, as a, as a, not as a Star Wars fan, because as a Star Wars fan, I think it's pretty well uh, understood now that Star Wars animation is, like, my jam, and that's my favorite spot in Star Wars. But I do, I did find an individual episode of The Mandalorian easier to talk about than an individual episode of the bad batch. Like I feel there's like deeper parts in every episode with that said though. And one of the things like, I'm glad that everyone got like in the chat, got their, like their super jam for this. Um, because I think where star Wars animation works really well for me is the long range, the long like the long game. I feel like animation is more, it's easier for me to rewatch an animated season than it is like Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which I've still watched both those seasons probably like five or six times because they're great. But I traditionally, I think for me, Star Wars animation works better, like I said, in the long run. Like I know they plant little seeds. In an individual episode, and there's usually like a fun moment, an action scene that carries on. Like last week's episode of Fennec Shand, I was here for it. The car chase scene went on way too long for me. Uh, I wore my Martez sister shirt specifically for Hope because it is in the top three of my most favorite arcs in all of Clone Wars. I think it was so incredibly important. I think it spoke to the thesis of my how I look at Star Wars. It helped um it helped me 
understand what some of my issues with the Jedi were that maybe before that episode, I couldn't totally articulate like why I had weird feelings about the Jedi. But that also are, could have been like three episodes, not four. I mean, they did go back and forth to the gel cell, like an awful lot. <laughs> you mean the Dan Harmon story reel, which is what that was simulating? Like that, okay. that is a form of storytelling. That's what yeah. Rick and Morty does every yeah. single week. And nobody knocks that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never seen Rick or Morty. I mean, okay. So I, I would say I know there's something like about a pickle in Szechuan's coleslaw or something. <laughs> yeah. Riding, so, so here's the thing that I feel about that, which is something that I've been really enjoying um, is that it started kind of with resistance, but Bad Batch is not doing this too, which is these shows are not plot driven, they're character stories. And that's kind of new for Star Wars. Because um, so far, really, because Clone Wars and Rebels function to change the, the, the course of the canon. Clone Wars is, of course, the Clone Wars, and Rebels is about the formation of the Rebel Alliance. They are created and function to change canon. Starting with Rebels, and I'm sorry, starting with Resistance, and now Mandalorian, because Mandalorian hasn't done anything to change the canon so far in two seasons, and now with Bad Batch, they don't function like that. To me, they actually function like Star Wars novels. You know, take something like Lost Stars or Master and Apprentice. They don't change the canon. They're just Mm -hmm. there to be a story about a group of people as the galaxy changes around them to explore how these people work and to witness the galaxy changing. And I think that's really interesting because that's actually very common currently in current animation. We saw a lot of stories like Star versus for Star versus the Forces of Evil did this. It was very slice of life where it kind of folded in like certain characters and plots, but you didn't know that they were folded in until like two seasons later. And when you're just like, oh, that was important. Um, I'm currently, I just finished watching season two of an Amphibia and Amphibia does the same thing. Owl House does it to a lesser extent. This is a very common way of current animation. And every single show so far has been reflecting that. Clone Wars came on the heels of Avatar The Last Airbender, which both Justin Ridge and Dave Filoni worked on. And it actually functions a lot like Avatar. Rebels came out around the same time as shows like Steven Universe and Gravity Falls, which are these family dynamics as this bigger story mystery war unfolds around them. And now we're seeing Resistance Now Bad Batch unfolding like current animation shows like Amphibia, shows like Star Wars Resistance, shows um, Star Wars the Forces of Evil is a little bit older, but it ended in 2019 when the show was being written. So it's actually very current with these kind of stories being told. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of these stories are more focused on personal stories. I mean, Steven Universe did an entire episode about PTSD and trauma. Um, right now, Amphibia um, is about very messy storylines about what happens when friends disagree. You know, these are very personal stories, which is very current now in animation, which might make it a little bit harder to talk about plot, but they're not made to be plot stories. That's not their function. So we need to stop holding these shows to everything must change canon because they're not. They're just not going to do that, especially because we're getting so much media. Like takes like the higher public. The higher public is functions and is created to change canon. That is its purpose. But with so many shows coming, like Obi-Wan is not going to change the course of the canon. Mm-hmm. I can't see the Cassian Andor show is probably not going to change the course of the canon. We might find out cool world building things, but we need to stop yep. holding these shows to that standard because 
with so much coming, they're just not going to do that. And I think that's one of the reasons that people had so much trouble with resistance because it was the first to do that. And I did it too. I was like, I'm like, why is this not changing things? Because it was the first to do it. I didn't realize until hindsight that that wasn't its function and its purpose. Yeah, I think, (laughs) tell me how y'all feel. No, that was great. Um, feel about this like i feel that like animation deals with more of it sets the themes in which the world lives in and plays with the thematic ideas of the world like right now in the bad batch we're dealing with what the galaxy looks like because of choices anakin and palpatine made in a movie and what is what is the theme in the galaxy now what does that that look like i mean and then more specifically, and this is off topic, but I have to say it because it, we're still talking about Crosshair and it's heartbreaking. And we're about to enter Pride Month and I feel more and more of like he's the family member who wouldn't accept them, that they were different. He would not accept that they were queer, that they didn't follow the rules of what was laid out before them. And they went off and did something else. And he is stuck in the family, stuck to the church telling like you know nope this is what i was supposed to do this is what the church told me to do you're not following orders you're not doing what was told to me and i can't go there with you and now we're looking at these people who like many of our queer siblings unfortunately have that life you still love your family and you don't you know you understand and the worst part about it is a lot of us understand why they feel the way they do and we just wish that they could break that cycle because we were raised with that ideology as well. So we understand it makes it worse sometimes, but it also makes us hope more, I think. So anyways, that's off topic, but it's like really been hitting me like a lot, like, especially today. It was just like, it was just, it's just really sad. It's sad. Um, But I think, and then the movies, you know, so it's like really big animation it's going to sound weird now after what you just said, hope, but for me, it was like these really big stories. It's like a really big story that takes a long time to explain because it's really about building the world around it. And then the movies come and it's a big world, but it's really focused on very few people, but those few people have monumental impacts on the galaxy as a whole. And then live action TV, which I guess we're at right now, all we really have is the Mandalorian, but it's how those worlds affect the people living in them. And it's really interesting things like that I'm really loving. Like I'm I love this what's going on in the Bad Batch. For me, so far, it is the strongest series to open. Like I'm really in it. And animation traditionally for me has taken a little while to go. Like I've enjoyed them. But it isn't usually until like the second season and well, let's say like the season one finale. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then second season for me is usually when it's all picked up because they spend a long time building all the little baby bricks that the show is going to be built on. So I was expecting that with Bad Batch. And it's like right out the gate. I feel like I they're not wasting any time putting up these little Imperial credit trade in stations that are just like affecting the galaxy. Like it's all right there. Boom. (laughs) So I'm excited to see where this show goes because they're taking care of all that stuff so quickly. But yeah. I don't know. Like, how do you feel, Em? Um, I don't know if I have as much to contribute about this, like, yeah. especially considering how, well, everything that Hope said, which is so yeah. insightful and, like, trenchant. I mean, um, again, like, I'm so simple-minded when it comes to this stuff. Like, 
for me, more content is always better. But I do have one thing to point out about a canonical thing that was kind of addressed in this episode, which was kind of a gut punch for me, which was that a mercenary who was trained, like created to kill and has kind of their whole personality is kind of being sort of detached, cared more about slavery than Jedi Qui-Gon Jinn. I mean, if you want to go down that route too, why is the Jedi working with this shady Sid person? Well, yeah, there is that. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's this wonderful, wonderful moral gray that is constantly introduced in the television shows that the, that the movies don't always have time to explore. Yeah. Um, I I think that really is, in personal preference, I'm always been a television over movie person. Like I'm just not a movie person. (laughs) really at all um so i just i that's what that's one of the things i love about the shows is to yeah. get those grays and explore them you know our bad batch today worked for jabba the hut what will that mean so this was fine but what's gonna happen when they're like when jabba's like no, i need to kill a person mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean but it just like it was 100%. just such a gut punch like when tech was yep. talking to omega about it and i was just like this person whose like entire character is built around being sort of like detached and pragmatic yep. is has more like is more social justice minded than the fucking like upstanding Jedi that was supposed to be a beacon of compassion for the galaxy. Like Sorry, I, I mean... no, I'm wrong. Sorry, <laughs> I was like, yeah. was it? I was wondering if Echo um, had met with. Um, as as I was saying, my brain blinked. Um, with um, what's his name? Slick, Slick, a very early clone trooper in season two, who mm-hmm. like in the very like first season was just like we're slaves ourselves, and yeah. this yeah. realization that the clones were pretty much slaves to the Republic. Um, so I think that they would definitely have much more sympathy for that. Um, because well, they're kind of in the realization of that. And I think I feel like Echo is a little bit further in that because he was held hostage by the Separatists for so yeah, long. Yeah. So he might have a lot more insight than his current brothers because he was kind of a slave to their Separatists against his will. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I mean Echo brought that up too, which was really mm-hmm. interesting. But Echo was like, he felt wrong for taking money for it. He's like, no, you help these people mm-hmm. as Ahsoka. Because you see people that need help. And that speaks to what I was talking about. Like, this show is already dealing with the idea of what slavery is. Whereas it was mentioned in The Phantom Menace. But the only freedom of slavery was the one person that we saw that then impacted the entire galaxy. So now we're slavery is mentioned in a movie and how it worked in the galaxy of Star Wars, and now we're tackling with the theme of what that actually means in the galaxy at large, which I find, like, I love it. Like, that is why I love Star Wars animation so much, because it yeah. it spends time talking about the things that I would love the movies to talk about. But it's also, I always, and I've said many times, I feel the point of the Star Wars and the thing that I gravitate towards the most 
is that Star Wars is a helmet that we put ourselves in and we bring our own experiences to it. So the films just drip, drip these things on you and then leave you to reason with it how you will. They give you these very basic characters to turn to, to maybe relate to so-and-so, how they might interact with that. But the films, their purpose is and not to tell you what's going on. And that was one of my biggest frustrations during the sequel trilogy of people like wanting to know who Snoke is. You're For me, you're missing the point. Snoke is there to challenge Ben. And we're supposed to think about what would we do if we had this person speaking to us the way Snoke does. Yeah, That's the point. And we've all had those people in our lives. So what do we do? And then we bring ourselves to identify with Ben slash Kylo. Are we a Kylo or are we Ben? Who are we? Like that's, that's well, what the well, movies do. Well, that's the fun thing about art and media is that uh, we all come at it from different points of view, because mm-hmm. as, as you were saying that I was like, well, how do I view all these? And I kind of view all of star Wars like a house. So the movies are the frame, you know, they give you us the basic story in the frame And we as people can look at the frame and go, okay, what do we want this house to look like? And then you get the television shows. And the television shows are like the walls and the windows and the structures. And they fill in all that stuff. And they make it look like the house that you want it to look like. And then when you get even more like the audiobooks, the comics, the the books, those are your dressings. You know, they fill in the rest of the house to make it a home. You know, so like you might have, I don't know it was a random item you might have like a random thing in your house this might be a novel and it's not going to affect the structure of the house but this is what makes the house a home um and i I, that's how i kind of see it because the movies do kind of set the tone and the structure of the story of that era and then everything rotates around that and makes it build a home yep like i yeah i'm i love everything you just said 100 percent. i agree with you oh this sucks Sorry. All the way, yeah. Like, um, yeah, I think it's great. awesome. <laughs> so, do hope I'll start with you because I feel like I might know your answer. Do you have a a medium that you are drawn to the most <laughs> in Star Wars? You do know my answer. Mm-hmm. Um, it it is animation. Um, it was my gateway because, like like I said, personal preference. I'm just not a movie person. So like I watched yep. the Star Wars movies growing up, but hot take: the movies, all the movies, not just one, like all the movies, are my least favorite part of Star Wars. Just because I'm not a movie person, you know. Um, Clone Wars brought me into the show. It was what I always wanted, yep. which was these deep dive character moments, like exploring what that meant. Um, and I feel like the shows and and you know, uh, Mandalorian's fine. I'm looking forward to the rest of live action, but like animation is my jam. It's what I study. It's what I love. It's my favorite medium because I feel like it's the one that has the most freedom. Um, Caitlin and Charlotte from Sky Talkers, wonderful show, um, always say for the future of Star Wars, look to animation because they're the one, animation is what's pushing boundaries. You know, it doesn't have to worry about cost. Like I, I was talking, I was, talking to my co-podcaster about resistance resistance is how i always want star wars to look because you have this mix of aliens with humans Uh of all different shades but that'd be so hard to do in live action because then you have to worry about puppets and cgi and makeup but like animation can just let this world breathe i mean look at the scene that we had on pantora last and just 
having different character models <laughs> that was insane yep. um but like i feel like animation is where star wars can truly thrive and not have to uh can kind of push boundaries a little bit and um i i do feel like bad batch is a very safe show it's an incredibly safe show um i feel like they got spooked with resistance which swung for the fences and didn't give an f whether you liked it or not it was gonna try new things it was gonna try new storytelling it was gonna have gay people in it it was gonna have a diverse cast with diverse voice actors it was and it was gonna do its thing whether or not you liked it and it swung for the fences and and it did its thing and it was bold and innovative i mean it has holocaust stories in the middle of season one and that's crazy and it wasn't scared to tackle these darker themes and stories and i think because it got caught in this weird world of cable (laughs) you know resistance was written before uh last jedi was finished and it was finished before tross was even written and it got stuck in this world of cable which i could even go into more of why cable is a dying (laughs) medium and does not need to exist anymore um, mm-hmm. And it just got left on its own, but it was it tried new things and it swung for the fences. And I feel like Bad Batch is so safe, which is not the direction I want animation to go in. You know, it's been pushing and pushing and going further and going further, and then it got spooked by the angry boys or whatever. Um, and now they've pulled back. And probably my biggest criticism of Bad Batch is how much it's like The Mandalorian in a lot of ways, and it's. In a safe era with familiar characters, with familiar people, and a familiar timeline. And it's just so safe. While we had this other show that was in the wild west of Star Wars being written, trying new things. And I want animation to keep going forward. And I feel like Bad Batch is a huge step backwards, which is not where I want to see animation. That was, i sorry, I went off on a rant. <laughs> no, I love, love it. <laughs> like, I... I also hear Alejandro says, wow, Hope is on fire tonight. Bravo. <laughs> I mean, do uh, Chase you agrees with you, cable? too. Do you want to hear yeah. why Cable's a dying network and how Disney left it out to dry? I can go on that tangent because I have proof saved in my tabs ready to open for that. <laughs> like, I mean, no, but this is the thing that I love because, like, I am so incredibly excited for this time period. In, oh, in... don't get me wrong. This is my favorite time period of Star Wars. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. I love oh, no, no. this time period. But, but I, think, I want like... them to do new things in this time period. Not like yeah, we've yeah, yeah. seen this in the Kanan comic. We've seen this in the Darth Vader comic. We've seen this in other mediums. So if you're playing in a new in a familiar yeah. time period, do new things with this familiar time period. But they're not. Because having a girl That's... does not is not new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, for sure. I will say, like, a lot of people... Look, the my camera's telling me to be quiet. Um, <laughs> no, camera's telling me to be gayer. Defy be your gay. camera. <laughs> Tell your camera who's... I know. Day boy. <laughs> no, I have no idea yeah. what's going on with that thing. But, like, I guess for me, like, I don't read the comics like I used to. Like, I don't have time... And anymore for all of it. So I have to pick and choose what it is that I'm in, right? You know, we yeah, all have yeah, to yeah, make, been there. Yeah. make those choices. But like the comics and things like that, because they are a smaller audience, can experiment with those kinds of things. And then things like an animated series that has a larger audience can capitalize on the things that were successful and maybe ignore the things that were less so or build upon some of those things that maybe didn't 
hit super well in a comic, but they can build on it and go, no, the meat of what was something there was really, really great. Maybe it wasn't executed super, and now we're going to do it now, or whatever. But like, like, I think for me, this is a very new time period. Sure, the year is very similar, but look what's happening in the blink of an eye. Like to me, the show is celebrating one of star Wars's. That's a hard word to say. Like greatest lines ever. This is how Liberty dies and thunderous applause. And we're watching these people cheering as the clone troopers march down, down the, uh, the street people like Michael. And I, I am so fortunate that I get to talk about Star Wars with Tom once a week because he still is just a casual fan. So he does not yeah. get into it like we do, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's such a great, it's such a great touchstone. But and that's why actually it's really important too, because it might seem familiar and stuff for us, but we are not casual fans. And surprise, mm-hmm. we're not the majority of fans. We're actually the minority. And so like that's why yeah. I that's why I don't mind if Mandalorian is safe because it is the general yeah. populist show right now. Right. But I, I just expect better out of that batch. Yeah. But it is still kind of the general populist. It's the Star Wars right now. So I'm not holding it accountable. But it is important to note that. that you know, it That's maybe yeah. why it's safe. But I feel like, like I don't know. Like, and my son Michael, you know, who is the adorableness that you just saw is so confused like why the clones are bad guys now and i love the conversation mm-hmm. that it's starting like as a father i can you know but it it goes back to to padme's line that was never really discussed and it was like kind of laughed at at one point in time in history of her line of like cuz it was dumb and i'm like no actually it's one of the most brilliant lines in all of star wars uh, and it's this been one is one of the most quoted wild. lines in the last yeah, 4 years <laughs> exactly yeah um but i remember when it first came out people just thought it was so dumb because they were so over politics they didn't want politics in star wars which you know that's i'm sorry whatever. politics have only been in star wars uh-huh. oh, why? So, <laughs> but Ooh. you know one thing i will say that i'm appreciative of and maybe this speaks to what you're talking about in this moment hope actually of of animation playing it safe a little bit disney has played star wars a little safer than i think it should have i feel star i feel the sequel trilogy played its locations a little safe i love the care i like that we all i like the start the sequel trilogy a lot i love the characters that it gave us i don't love the planets that it gave us i don't love the aliens that it gave us i felt like those were very safe like how do you go from a movie on felicia or on felucia that looks like that to like we get a desert and and we, we so yeah we visit you know i don't know arizona and then we go to seattle like that's what we got in that movie like i could go there here like you can't we just walked through these gigantic tulips and these gigantic venus flytraps like I, don't give me this now i got that i want that <laughs> but we didn't get it and it's okay one of the things that i love going on right now with Disney Plus and Star Wars Animation is they're very successful. Clone Wars was not as... It's Clone Wars, if George Lucas wasn't paying for it, it would not have run as long as it did. Like, it was barely making its money back. Mm-hmm. It was a passion project, which is why it was so gosh darn good, because every he, single person on that was there because they wanted to be. Yeah. George Lucas kept it on the air because he believed in it, and it was funded because he loved Star Wars. He created and paid for and finished the entire first season 
before it ever aired one episode. So yep. like he created, and that's just unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's brilliant, but you feel it. You feel it in that show. You feel the love in that show. Um, and, you know, to me, it was bold, like right down to the, to the character designs and the style and the wood, the wooden puppet look of the whole thing. It wasn't for everybody. And I remember yeah. those conversations and people even, even like big time Star Wars. I can't get into the animation. I'm like, look past it then because the stories are so incredibly good. If you can't get on board with that, just work and get past it. But like, I like that, that Bad Batch is introducing these, the themes of what those things were going on in at the end of Revenge of the Sith. And I agree with you. It's a little safe right now. I hope it doesn't stay here. You know, Tom brought up the point that I can knock it out of my head now, but a few episodes ago on the podcast, Tom was like, I wonder, you, you, he's like, didn't Brian, didn't you tell me the clones like age really quickly and there's like some growth accelerator? Well, what happens if Omega has that and the Bad Batch doesn't? And she's like, gets really like a lot older as it goes on. I'm like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this idea. Like, I want it. <laughs> I want it so bad. Like, I just want like big old age jumps between seasons. I'm I assuming you're getting. I was joking with a few of my friends of like Omega's first date and like what would that go like what would that work as like I could see like Hunter and like Crosshair like cleaning their weapons on the porch when the boyfriend arrives and like um, Tech and uh, Echo are running their like tag numbers while Wrecker is holding the car so it can't drive away (laughs) like like, I want to see that Um, and actually I really would love to see relationships more like I think that's one thing that's kind of a rarity in Star Wars is romance. I mean, mm-hmm. um, pretty much uh, my my wonderful co-podcaster said it well. Pretty much all romances is so an important baby can be born. We rarely have yep. romances. Um, and I kind of want to see more of that. I think that would be actually something very new. That's why people love Lost Stars. <laughs> because yep. it's a star-crossed romance novel. <laughs> that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking of romances, last night I watched, well, I got through half of it, but I watched Tross. It's like, I'm just going to, I feel like watching a Star War. What, what do I watch? I'm like, I'm going to put on The Rise of Skywalker because I haven't watched it in a really long time and I want to see something new in it, right? Nope, not my thing. Don't like it. Confusing the minute that from the from the epilogue at the beginning of the thing that that was written terribly doesn't make sense. I'm like, Oh God, this is just a hot mess, but whatever. Like I, I'm going to figure it out, but I will say, speaking of romances, Finpo is 100 most definitely a thing. Like everything is a thing. The longer I am away from it, the more like I'm like, paying attention to the smaller things because that movie is hard to follow. There's so much going on. So it really needs focus on one or two things. It really needs it. Because uh, yeah. the plot is actually like all there. It just is so fast. And, and I think yeah. if it was two movies to kind of pace it out yeah. a lot more, it would yeah. have yeah. worked actually. Like but, I, I, I don't like Tross either, but I, yeah, I think yeah. I can see what they're going for. And I think there's a lot of, Oh yeah, no. There's a lot of good stuff, but there's a lot of bad stuff too. <laughs> there was some, no, honestly, there were some very cool things going yeah. on. Like so yeah, much, like on, for me, Palpatine coming back is really great. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm here for that it. That always I made don't... sense to me because he was yes. always the great villain of Star Wars. I, that always made yes. sense to me. I just don't think it was executed great. Yep. 
it makes sense to me that the greatest evil gave birth by some sort of proxy to the new lead of the thing. And that's what ultimately defeated them. Like I'm here for all of it. Right. Like, yeah. But anyways, one great thing out of that is Finpo because those two together were so amazing. And they were like, there is that. They are a couple. Yes. Yes. Like, I actually, I, I, I feel so bad for Zori Bliss. I feel like she was just such a forced character where she could have been cool if she wasn't, like, in that position. She's just there to show that, you know, Poe ate puss once. No, <laughs> no, I don't even, maybe. I mean, whatever. You know, I mean, he, he can still love Finn and have been with her at one point in time. Yeah, but And now at the bi. end. I'm bi, so, you know. Yeah, I watched the end of it. I, like, you know, like I said, made it halfway and then I jumped to the end. And... His little like wink to to um, Zori. Hmm. In my head now, it's Finn's pretty great, right? Right? He's pretty great. <laughs> ah, mm-hmm. yes. Right? I did good. I did good, friend. Right? I did good. That's what it is to me now. No more of this other sexual thing. Nope. It's I got I got a good one. Right? Right? He's pretty hot. Yeah, I think he's pretty hot too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, there you it's go. So Bye-bye. hot, it broke the camera. <laughs> Emma what about you like what is your favorite medium of Star Wars do you have a favorite are you just here for all of it I am here for all of it but my favorite medium will always be fan fiction yes (laughs) you don't like canon you fix it you fix it yep (laughs) <laughs> and and I love like I keep th- one of the things that I'm always thinking about with fan fiction is about how any literally anything can happen. But the cool thing is, you know, on the one hand, you have these people who are incredibly creative and who are exploring these like beautiful, heart wrenching aspects of their relationships that feel in character, but they'll take place in like a modern AU setting or. Yep. You know, like there's there's like so many really cool AUs out there, mm-hmm. and or like mashups, like well, they're t- where they'll take the characters and they'll drop them into a completely other franchise. Like Anna Green Gables AUs are my jam. Like I love that stuff. <laughs> it's amazing, yes. and it works. Yes. It works. Okay, and uh, but not only that, but also, um. Like the people who are canon nerds and who make it fit with canon and who were writing yep. stuff that's better than some of the actual novelizations that have been, you know, brought out yep. as official as official merchandise, you know, because these, these people, they understand how the Star Wars um, universe works. They pick up on the major themes and they weave them through. Everybody's in character. The dialogue sounds real. You know, it's just the yep. the creativity and the level of skill is so like delightful and yeah. it's just yeah. and there's always so much to discover like they, they, literally like a million fix on it with three in star in the star wars universe i i love it too because fan fiction is also such a way for people to explore themselves like i you know i've worked through some stuff through my own fan fiction and 
there are so many beautiful thing pieces about how people couldn't be out out of the closet in the open, so they were queer in their fan fictions. And yep. it's these like gorgeous, beautiful things. Like I'm currently writing one with Commander Keeman from Thrawn Alliances, the Grand Inquisitor, Invader, and it's a mashup with Breath of the Wild, which is a Zelda game. Yes. And because, because Hyrule is a beautiful planet that could be a planet in a galaxy far, far away. And it's just it's oh, fun. I love it. To explore like what is the force in the world of Hyrule, which is this very magical world, and mm-hmm. that's been fun. I'm like, yes, the great Deku tree is totally a force being. He's like, Bindu, what let's do this, let's go. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. will come one day because it's part of my very long epic of my Thrawn. Uh, it's part of my Thrawn fanfic, mm-hmm. which is already longer than Fellowship of the Rings on AO3. Yes, it is very and long, I- but I am subscribed to you, so I will get that email when you publish it. I am working. Oh, you're so sweet. I always think no one will read it because it's too long. But you know no, what? No. I write it for myself. So there you go. Like, I mean, that's one of the great things about the internet and all of those things, too, uh, is this connection. And it's one of my newer favorite parts of Star Wars. But the podcast, you know, I'm not a fanfic writer. We all know that. I joke around that someday maybe. But, you know, I like to read other people's. Now, which I didn't do really do before I met M and I met M's and, you know, and yes, I answered a peach today on my quiz and um, (laughs) (laughs) follow go to F-O-X-F-L-E-U-R if you want to find the tweet I was referencing if you do not already. But yes, I answered and it was also shocker about a lady and i was like why okay that was the hottest thing i've never before have i thought like (laughs) of a woman in that sort of way but i was kind of here for it i was like all right go get it girl um i must say your your fan fiction episode is one of my favorite episodes of your show oh my god all of ours we had so much fun it was so (laughs) great it was so great but i I feel like i really do (laughs) i feel like i've like this podcast for I I understand I think how y'all feel when you write because like for me everything about this from the music to the design to the illustrations to the things we talk about it's my way of expressing my love of Star Wars and to get in deeper in a way that I couldn't before and I too have found so much about myself in this podcast and mostly thanks to the two of you and our round tables is when like literally they changed me as a human being. Like I've said it a lot, but it is the truth. Like I just had never found that I had never been able to be me like full cylinders running at all at the same time. Like it had never happened. And I was like 40 years old when that, and it was just this like really, really wonderful, beautiful gift. And So I understand the love of playing in the world because I feel like I get to play in it kind of with this. You know, it's not exactly the same, but it's similar kind of thing. Um, It's great, but I... I, It's just Star Wars has gotten so big. I guess it's always been big, but it's like gotten really big and it's very popular. Um, And I love all of these different ways to tell stories because I do think... Hope, like you said, animation's your jam. Like, I love it all. I'm a movies dude. But really, the animation is where it's at for me. Like, that's given me, and now the TV. Like, I am a massive Mandalorian fan. Like, I am so shocked how much I love that show because I 
like I'm just shocked that I love that show as much as I did, <laughs> as I do, because of the title. And as basic as that, that armor and the title, I was like, okay, I'll watch it and I'm sure it's going to be good. <laughs> but I did not think I would get what I got out of that show. Like, and I love it. And I love, I like, this is where maybe we're a little, like, I love the simple Star Wars like that. I don't want it to be too bogged down because for me, that really is <laughs> how I like to dress. But I think you said it beautifully. I think it's the walls yeah. and the foundation. The movies build the foundation and the animation in these shows can build the walls. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I like to decorate it myself. Like I want mm -hmm. to go in there and I want to decorate it myself. I don't, but wasn't actually, and we were talking about fan fiction. Was, am I right in my memory of EK Johnston started off in fanfic and that's how she was discovered? Am I, I right? So. I think like, so. Yes. Yes. Because I believe so. That Ahsoka novel was so good. Like I mm -hmm. loved that novel so much. Yep. It's like, and it made me think about when we were talking about the new a new hope. We talked about that kitchen scene and how important mm -hmm. it was. And here's an entire Ahsoka novel about someone who's hiding from inquisitors. She's a Jedi, and it takes place on a farm. And they go to a bar and play checkers, basically. And they farm. And that's it. The whole book is about playing checkers and farming. And then it's Until got the, the other things. Until the last, like, ten minutes. Yeah. Exactly. But it was so You pretty much just said the, the, the plot of Resistance. That's the plot yes. of Resistance. <laughs> that's the plot of Resistance. They're on a quick trip, and then they hang out, and then fascism comes in, and the space Nazis come, and then they start taking away citizens and taking away their rights, and then they fly off to space. Resistance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am a bad fan because I still have not finished Resistance. No, you're not. There, I'm. So, there's no such thing as a bad fan. I know. Because well, especially because I know, but and I think it's also really important to know because you're talking about how Star Wars is so big that we need to also accept more that it's okay that we don't like everything. Mm -hmm. Like one yeah. of the things, like I was saying that I love about resistance is it's not made for everyone. And it's not yep. trying to be like bad batch is clearly the general audience show right now. It's made for there uh, to try mm -hmm. and cast a very wide net as far as it can be. But that's why I like shows like resistance and forces yep. of destiny and, mm -hmm. um, and, and, Freemakers, freaking Freemakers is a great show. Mm -hmm. That is yeah, Freemakers is fine. Yeah, um, but they're not made for everybody, and not everybody's going to like it. Not everybody's going to like the High Republic. Not everybody's going to like the Mandalorian. Yeah. And I think it goes back to this like fear of like not getting more. Um, can Can I tell a quick tangent story? Mm. Uh huh. So quick tangent. Have you been story, on, so. You've been on Pink Milk enough to know that we're all know, about but, tangent I stories. Know, but I was looking at the time, and I, I saw the time, and so I'm just no. We have that. time. Always time for you. Go. Um, but like back when um, a few years ago, I was really in the Once Upon a Time fandom. Um, and I loved Once Upon a Time. It's one of my favorite shows. Uh, I, I still want to get a tattoo because that show was just such a very important part of my life. And we, one day, they announced that they, this show was going to have a single comic book. And we all lost our darn minds, our gosh darn minds, because we were going to get a single comic book. And it was like the most exciting thing to have this. And so 
like, and then I look at something like Star Wars, and we have comics, movies, TV shows, audio plays, video games, like, uh, the animation shows. Like, we have all this stuff. But, like, when the comic came out for Once Upon a Time, to be honest, it wasn't that great. It wasn't, it was, it was, it was fine, but everybody was scared to criticize it because they wanted more content. So everybody gave like these glowing reviews, but in private, we were talking like in DMs and messengers were like, this is just really badly written, <laughs> but nobody wanted to say it on purpose because we wanted to have more. And then we ended up getting another novel and a much better comic. So we ended up getting more content, but I think now with Star Wars, I think we're so scared to like express when we don't mm-hmm. like stuff because we're scared that we're not going to get more disney will be fine it is a multi-billion dollar company disney is i think the sixth mm-hmm. richest company in the world they'll be fine they're going to give us more star wars um but i think we get so mad when people don't like stuff and who cares like i don't care yeah. like i like to hear people's reasons why they might not like resistance but it's not going to make me love it any less you know if you don't like yeah. bad batch that's well, fine i'm not going to love it any less but we, there seems to be so like this idea of like we must like all Star Wars or none at all. And I'm like, no, no, no. Thrawn alliances is, or Thrawn treason is trash. Thrawn alliances is canonized fan fiction. It's great. Mm. Thrawn treason. Is well, trash. no, I mean, I think what you said, the what's so important there is someone else not liking a thing does not need to take away from you liking something and and with that if you love something i mean you were great in what you just said hope i like to hear why people don't like there have you have to also be willing to hear why someone doesn't yeah you know if nothing is perfect yeah if i shouldn't say you have to be willing to if you're willing to shout to the world why you love something i believe you should also be willing to hear people talking back to you why they might not otherwise just keep it to yourself and that's totally fine too you don't have to go onto Twitter and talk about Star Wars. Like you don't have to. Yeah. And if you're going to go on Twitter and talk about Star Wars, you are going to get people saying things about it and yeah. be okay with that. I mean, I'm not we all know the people that you don't listen to. Like I'm not like let's let's go with optimism in this conversation that yeah. people are civil and nice. Like let's just run under that assumption. Um, but be willing to hear that opposition because it's makes it more interesting it might even help it might even someone's opposition to something might also help bolster why you love something because you're like oh yeah brian didn't like that part of resistance well that's my most favorite part oh my god i love it even more like i love like i love that i love it it's so great Mm -hmm. (laughs) like and and let me pose a question as we round out this conversation this evening because um Oh, real quick. Sorry. I just saw this kitten. Um, My fan fiction kitten about Din Cobb is still living rent-free in my mind. It will probably <laughs> just always be there. Because I did run a few things by M, who also likes smut, and I don't think all of it is really, like, okay. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have a beautiful scene in my head of how I want the story to start, where they're in this beautiful like fancy Airbnb place, Mm -hmm. like on the lakeside. And I know everything that I want. I already have it described in my head and the hair and I, the glistening of, but you know, I don't think anybody (laughs) else wants to read it. Um, Don't say that. There's always somebody. somebody. I mean, y'all have listened to me. I I have a very limited vocabulary. My grammar is even worse. Like ain't nobody want that. 
yeah. uh, sometimes harsh criticism hurts fans too. I was heckled for decades for my love yeah. of the prequels. Why shouldn't uh, yuck on I others yuck on others yum? I agree. I mean, I was also a gigantic prequel fan from the beginning, and yeah, it was like all of that existed. I guess to me, I'm just like. I, don't, I'm not going to let you take that away from me. I'm not like, I'm okay. Good on you. Don't like it. Okay. So Brian, there are yeah. 135 explicit Dincob fix on AO3 right now. <laughs> <laughs> so write that. No, but like, it's, it's also okay because we also have different reactions to things. Um, like we, it's okay to have both logical and emotional reactions. Like I still, <laughs> really struggle with live action Ahsoka for a plethora of yep. reasons. Um, yep. And I had a very negative visceral reaction to it because that's a very, there's a very emotional character yep. to me. Um, but there's other things that I can look at like super logically. Like I can look at Bad Batch logically because um, I don't have that like emotional tie-in. So it's, it we are going to react to criticism differently to, yep. to different things because we all have different feelings about stuff. Like 100%. So it's it's okay to also be hurt by harsh criticisms because yep. we we love these things, you know. Star Wars has you helped me through some of my hardest times. I, I mean, speaking like to uh live action Ahsoka, you know, there was a lot of important discourse going on around the time of that, right? Mm-hmm. For me, and I said this many times like they're not characters they're not it's not a story it's not written they're very real to me that is how i engage with all of star wars from movies to characters i engage with it as though they are real people and this is history written and i'm looking at actual events that actually happened so i don't even look at like i guess for me that's how i I have my idea of what ahsoka might do and then if she's presented a different way in The Mandalorian, I guess I'm like, oh, I guess I was wrong. That's what she did. And I accept the new that's, way of what it is. I, like, that's what I struggled with. That's And, and yeah. I, I still kind of have those. And, that, and that's that's just a testament of how we all yeah. consume media differently, yep. which is both of these are fine. Both of these are fine, yep. perfectly yeah, fine, understandable episode. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, hearing sometimes, and you know what? I will, I will admit that this is not, maybe not the best thing in the world but sometimes i don't want to get involved in all the super heavy star wars discourse because i don't want my reality of star wars taken away from me i don't we want don't to know to that they're real people exactly but like talk about it <laughs> exactly like i don't want to know the real people behind them i just want to see ahsoka tano because to me that character is on equal footing as jesus christ like for me and i know that is like an extreme thing to say but people interested in following Jesus Christ don't want to know about the bad things that he did. Like, and that's okay too, because like this is what they need, right? I maybe no. that was no, no, actually that is, that's some, that's something sad is Tom falling over dead. It is. But so Tom also understands that I feel that way know. and he respects it. But like I mean, I mean, if so could take the wheel, as we say down in the south. I mean Hope you and I spent like three hours on your podcast talking about how much we love Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Like, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like that character. Literally, I would not be Brian. I am today without Ahsoka. 
I would not be soft. I would still be fighting. I would still be angry. I would still be that radical queer person that society made me come out. Like I, and I'm also short, so I'm like a damn chihuahua. Like I (laughs) don't mistake my laughing and having a good time for ever backing down for anybody. Because if you ever come at me or come at like any of you at this point in time, like this yapping chihuahua is going to come. And this yapping chihuahua will take you down. I don't care if you're a bull mastiff or not. There'll be one person standing on your chest at the end of this, and it will be me. Like, that's the what will happen. Like, all of the, like, pent-up aggression hidden behind a laugh is gonna, comes fueling out of one person. Like, it just, I love is what it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, okay. Anyway, you had a this is also a good segue, months. talking about radical queers and being angry and Pride Month and, and celebration slash protests and all these things. Um, we've been talking about Bad Batch. And and animation and the Mandalorian and things like that being like hope you're you're wanting more out of the Bad Batch because for you and I this is not the words you said but this is like it's a little too sanitized and generalized right now for a massive audience for your liking at this moment in time. Yeah, it brought me up to uh, uh, Wednesday's episode of Husband and Husband is going to be with Andy from Force Friends Rewatch and they had. Oh we have a brilliant conversation. Like I love Andy so much. They're amazing. And, um, we talked a lot about pride merch and like a target and the Disney stuff and all the discourse that came out of that Disney conversation. Yeah. And I think for the most part in this particular con, and it's a really hot bait thing. And, you know, this is a star Wars podcast where we talked star Wars queerly. So let's make it a queer conversation. Cause I actually, think in this meta we can star wars is like pride at this moment in time i am i understand people not wanting to capitalize on pride i get it but i i come away with it thinking that like any star wars is always someone's first star war right Every pride image, every image of a rainbow, every sign that says celebrate queerness and however that sign may read is the first time someone read something. Mm-hmm. And Target or the Disney store has a much wider audience. We meant hope you brought up beautifully and thank you for bringing it up. All the people who are still closeted, who can't come out, whose lives are in danger. And sometimes Twitter gays forget that when they are so quick to jump on everybody for not being the right kind of Twitter gay. Yeah. Well, not everyone can do that. Like, let's not forget. I'm, I mean, like, I'm not still not fully can. out to most of my family. Exactly. Yep. So, yep. yeah. Like, I mean, it's just how it is. Because, yeah. And and that idea blames someone for not coming out, which is just wrong. That is just all sorts of wrong. Um, but there is a way that those places bring it to the masses and maybe it's one person who walks into a target who didn't understand and didn't support gay rights but maybe now for some reason that day in that target buying their you know lee jeans i don't know what you buy a target but like <laughs> saw it and it's just like they're here now wow they're really gay people everywhere or to walmart or whatever like they're really everywhere and maybe that one thing might change one person to understand of, oh, maybe people are different. 
Now, I have the I have a belief. I tend to believe in the better of people than the worse. That is the way I choose to look at the world. Like I choose to believe that people are more good than they are more bad. Not everyone has that. And I and some people have a very hard life that probably makes it very difficult for that. But I've also doubled down on that for my children who've come from really bad places. And I do not want the first four or five, six, seven years of their lives to define who they are forever. Like I don't want that. And they've been through some hellacious things that I, I don't, but I need them to know that humanity is still good. At the end of the day, people are good. And, but there is something with Star Wars in that too. And I tackle that with the rise of Skywalker, because honestly, when you talk to casual fans like Tom, most people like it. It seems to be the diehard people that really just don't. And I, yeah, I mean, some of my closest friends really love that movie, and it's it's totally cool because they it resonated yeah. with them with somehow. Yeah, like Tom's like, oh no, I like it. It's fun. Moves really fast. Lots of big action. Yeah, Ray one. There we go. Okay, it's a great movie <laughs> when all those things happen. But like, how did the two of you feel about Pride? And being in places like that, being in the Disney park and having a rainbow starbird on a shirt. And or do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I I'll go. Yeah, I'm also, back. yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, Brian. Like I think that any opportunity for a person to be exposed to the idea of gay pride and the idea of queerness and like seeing it integrated into like the mundanities of life, I think that's a really good thing. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of problems with rainbow washing and stuff, but it's like, yeah. to me, the solution to that, the solution to rainbow washing is not to make it so that Target doesn't have gay pride displays anymore. Yeah. Yep. You know, the solution to rainbow washing is to make sure that we structure our society so that we reward and incentivize institutions to care about marginalized people. Yep. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel the same way. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i going to use Disney as an example because yeah. I, as I was saying, like, you know, I have a lot of feelings about Disney as a corporation. Um, yeah. When it comes to rainbow washing, you can actually look into, like, what companies are donating where and how and why and how fast because mm-hmm. uh, they do track that information. So mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with with like rainbows and celebrating because as both Brian and M said, yeah, but there's also nothing wrong with looking into it and supporting mm-hmm. companies who do do that. And um, like take Disney, for example, I love so many shows. I love shows like Owl House, which is a show that's very gay. It, ha- it stars a bisexual girl and a lesbian and their love interest and their enemies to lovers tropes. That is Owl House and it Mm -hmm. slanders Harry Potter. Almost every episode is great. (laughs) And I'm a huge fan of Dana Terrace. I'm a huge fan of Alex Hirsch who created Gravity Falls. I'm a huge fan of Matt Braley uh, who did Amphibia who is having this very diverse cast in front of and behind the camera. What I'm not a fan of is how corporate Disney functions. So when you go through these things, it's totally okay to support creators and support people who do do these things. So like, it's okay to support things like Target, but you also need to hold the corporation Mm -hmm. accountable for their shortcomings. 
So I love Star yeah. Wars all day. I love Orphan flicks. They are like we're we're currently going through resistance right now in our show. And I just every time I see Orphan flicks, I just fall more and more in love with them. <laughs> they become such important characters to me. But that does not mm -hmm. mean that I won't call out their writing. It is still queer baiting. It's not confirmed in show. I will still nope. hold the corporate side accountable. The fact that we're I that to me, Bad Batch is not pushing the envelope. The fact that they did whitewash these characters and they made Kane and Jairus white. Like I yeah. love this show, but hold them accountable on their mistakes. Yep. The same thing goes for rainbow washing. It's so great to have these like in Target and Kroger's and JC Penney's and like Trader Joe's. Yep. But look where they're putting the money. Who are they helping? How is it accountable? And if it's not working, hold it accountable. Both can happen. Both can work together. Yeah. So that's yep. kind of how I feel about it. You know, yeah, I'm, I love this. We're all in agreement. Like when I saw that post on Disney when it came up, I was expecting the homophobic nastiness. Like, you know, that's going to be there every time. But what I was, mm. I, I was just, I was surprised at how quickly people were gunning for them for celebrating. And on to me, you know, at the end of the day, I get it. Money makes the world go round. Everyone is after a buck. Like, everyone's after yeah. a buck. Don't slam somebody else. I, I, I don't want to necessarily go down that road. But um, I also think about me growing up in the early 80s as a very young child. We all, not everyone, I guess, a lot of us. I knew I was gay when I was four or five years old, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know what the word was, but I knew I was like, I knew it. And that's one of the arguments of when it's not being queer is not, it doesn't have anything to do with sex. It doesn't have anything to do with that. That is society still labeling us as a noun and not any, as a human being or an act. But all I was exposed to was the AIDS crisis and people telling them that they deserve to die. That was it. Every single show. And then start coming into the 90s when I was a teenager and started to re actually understand more of what it was. Every single gay person that I was exposed to was either a drag queen or someone dying of AIDS. And those are two very real things. And this is not like a, you know, but that was it. Those were my only options. Like I couldn't just be me and it stems to this day at 42 years old i still because of those binaries of this or that i still struggle with the fact that i'm not femme enough to be a femme queen i'm not butch enough or cis enough to be this other thing and like i'm just like why like why that which is why i identify as queer now and that came much later in life i'm like fine if i can't be gay enough for you on either one of these you're either a butch queen or a femme queen and i can't fit into either one then i'll just be over here because i don't have any interest in being in one of those two boxes because i just want to be me but a child in a target think about it think about a 10 11 year old kid who knows what that rainbow flag is but maybe mom and dad don't and that little kid can rock a pride shirt behind mom and dad's back or dad's back or mom's or whoever they're living with behind their back and rock it because they have access to it. We, we are forgetting on Twitter how easy it is for these people who live in a city. Maybe your city has a record store or a gay bookstore, but what about someone in a, in a small town that all they have is a target and a Walmart? 
Maybe they don't have the internet. We learned this year in 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 2020 of everyone going learning from home. How few there are a lot of places that don't even have the internet, and those children didn't even get an education because they don't have the internet. Yeah. But you expect them to not support X, Y, or Z because of whatever, you know? Like, or what about someone who really loves Disney and loves Mickey and is also gay? Why are you taking it away from them that they get to have their two things that they might not have ever thought could be on one thing together, but they get to be there and be able to be their full selves? Like, why would you take that away from someone? I don't understand. You know, like the product can have different meaning to different people. I, I kind of feel like it's, I don't want to say misery loves company, but a lot of times, like I've, I've had people tell me that I'm not queer enough, um, because I don't look a certain way. And I, I found out later that sometimes these people just, they went through their own hardships and they want, because they went through troubles, seeing people who are just so, I'm going through this with a friend of mine and somebody that they knew just came out almost overnight as a lesbian and suddenly has all these girlfriends while this other queer friend is struggling just to date. And Mm -hmm. it it can be difficult because we all, um, people who go through hardships think sometimes feel like everybody should go through it because there's no, but there's no one right way to be queer. Um, And just, I, I was thinking as you were talking, Brian, um to to bring this back to animation to maybe kind of book in this Mm -hmm. um when i was growing up um and i didn't realize i was queer but i was a huge fan of sailor moon um and i was exposed to sailor uranus and sailor neptune and the and also to throw in this card capture sakura which i'm also still a huge fan of with uh toya and yukito and when i was watching the american versions of these but with sailor moon they, I noticed that Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune were constantly holding hands. And these are two women, for anybody who don't know. They're constantly holding hands. They're constantly together. But the American dub said that they were cousins. And I found out when I got older that it was changed because these two were actually lesbians. And it made me so angry as a high schooler who was still trying to figure out whether or not I was even queer that they would rather imply incest than let two women be yep. lesbians on in a cartoon. Yep. And it made me really angry for several years. But then like, as I've, as, of course, because I love animation, as I studied animation and especially been really paying attention to the evolution of it, something like Korosami coming out with Kor and Asami being two bisexual women together just was huge. To hear people like Alex Hirsch fighting Disney to let him have two little lesbians in his show and not giving up. Even when he lost the fight, he didn't shut up about it. He called out Disney, his own company, his own show on it. And now all these years later, I watch Owl House and I see Luz and Amity, two beautiful young queer ladies being love interests. And to see and to know that the next group of this next generation coming up of like little baby gays are going to have access to this kind of content when when I was a kid mm-hmm. incest was better than lesbian and now knowing that this next generation is going to have it a lot easier to have this content that just makes me so happy I don't want them to suffer I don't want them to struggle and go through what I did mm-hmm. um, and but I, I also understand where people come from where 
they struggled and it, it can be hard to accept that people have lives that are easier than yours. Like that, that's an understandable human feeling. Um, and it's a personal thing that a lot of people have to work on their own too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know why having this conversation about Star Wars made me like think about this conversation. It's been sitting with me a lot lately anyways, but like, chat? <laughs> yeah, I know. What's Scott doing over there? I can't see them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Em? <laughs> yeah. No, but honestly, thank you. I, um, yeah, and I wanted to bring it up too because this is our last one. So this will be a nice little segue into Pride Month <gasps> starting in June. Watch, so Watch Owl House on Disney Plus. It's fantastic and it's yes. very gay. Watch Owl House. Yes, I need to. Recommendation. I need to sit with the boys and watch that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we, we're going to have lots of different kinds of, of guests coming up here uh, on all of it on all two of our shows. So eight guests we're going to have throughout the next, oh, the next month, okay. all talk. Um, we probably will not be touching on bad batch a lot because we really, mm-hmm. I don't really want to have, I this after 2020 and everything that went down during that. And after our round tables, like I really want to have some conversations on yeah. just people and queer people and how so maybe they relate to stars and things like that. So I can't wait um, to be in the steam room for those. I'm very excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be so great. So Andy will be on Wednesdays, uh, husband and husband, and it's a really fantastic conversation. I'm, anyways, I'm just very lucky for all these people. And next week, one of our very own steam room members, my twinsy of the night, um, looking for my cursor. <laughs> Gay the Force be with you. It's very yeah. Chase is going to be hanging out with us. Yeah. I'm very... <laughs> I'm so excited. We've already, because we're two stereotypical, beautiful little gay boys, <laughs> that's where I'm matching Ahsoka hats. <laughs> Can I just say that, like, you, I was like, when you were like, I'm not feminine, I'm like, you're more femme than I am. And you have a mustache. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, whatever. Yep. I mean, I... You know, all of those things go with you for so long. Yeah, and honestly, like, I did not always handle those things well. Like, I had fun. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I was told that you can't be anything and you can't do so much. So my connections to individuals and humans for probably uh, 15 years were like one night, one time. That was my kind of human intimacy that I allowed myself. Yeah. As a gay person. Like that was I, it. I didn't have friends. I didn't do any of that because I could only connect that way. That's all I was worth. That's yeah. all I was to anyone. And it's horrible. I it, I mean, I am pro, I am very sex positive person. We all know that. But like at the yeah. same time, I should have been able to do a one nighter and went on a date with somebody the next night. Well, or that's the thing. Is it's like, it's about stuff. like, w- like, are your emotional needs being met? Like, there are some yep. people yeah. where like that would meet their emotional needs, or hopefully they would have friends too, and yeah. be in like a healthy place to have to have yep. to sustain like healthy friendships. But like, yeah, like, like, I what I hear you saying is that that wasn't what you needed at the time, but that was yeah. the only way you felt safe because I, of your I, trauma. Yep. Nope. I totally agree with that because I, I was it was really my late twenties into my thirties before I re- 
really fully accepted what being asexual meant because mm-hmm. I spent most yeah. of my 20s thinking I was a broken human because uh, I didn't want to have sex. And that was really mm-hmm. incredibly difficult for me. Um, well, especially as a queer person, because that's all anyone says we are. Yeah, yes. yeah, especially. Like yeah, and it wasn't until I started going to Two Two One Beacon, which is a, a very gay, queer, positive. The first con I ever went to that had like uh, gender neutral bathrooms, like a mm-hmm. super positive con mm-hmm. that I was actually around other asexual people, and I actually fully understood that I could have healthy relationships in life and not, and I was okay. So I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's it's a journey. It's okay to have a journey, yeah. and I mean, honestly, thirties before you. With it wasn't even until the roundtables that yeah. I honestly actually realized I have never had these kinds of conversations with anyone. Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? And thank God, I mean, I count my stars for all of you every single day. I'm sure I don't ever say it enough, but I will continue to say it because it's true. I was just like, it really changed me. I was like, wow, like, there's so much in here that I haven't talked about. That's why it's and important Tom, to have those. And my husband things. is not like that. He's not that queer person who talks about it. I remember and, Tom and, having a conversation just even the word queer was uncomfortable for him. Yeah, he still mm-hmm. doesn't like it. He does mm-hmm. not like it. He's like, he will tell, I had to get used to it for you, mm-hmm. but I don't like it. All I hear is smear the queer. That's all he can hear. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it just brings up too much stuff for me. But I, all is okay. like, I, all this is yeah, okay. exactly. He's like, I support you. And if that's what you use, then that's what you use. You know, um, going into Pride Month. Very... Oh, sorry. I was going to say going into Pride Month. We have to also understand there is no one right way to be queer. No one right way to be gay. Like you guys go off on nope. Madonna tra- uh, tangents and I'm like, I'm so lost. <laughs> 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 so like, there's no one right way to be queer. So like, like dear baby gays out there in the universe, like it's, there's no way that you have to be like, you have to figure out what's best for you and your own skin. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And that's the important message going into Pride Month. And maybe that's what we can all work on is how to be more comfortable in our own skin. And we don't have to be what society tells us to be because pride was a riot and we, we are ourselves and we're not what society tells yep. us to be. And that's right. Yeah. Well, we the other thing, and this is probably because I'm pushing 42 now and I feel, and I'm a dad. So, and I'm going to bring up Chase's comment here in just a second because it's true. And thank you for putting this here, Chase, because honestly, this is the best message to leave this end conversation with. But also allow yourself to change because we all change. And who we were yesterday doesn't mean that's who we are today. And who we are today does not necessarily define who we're going to be tomorrow. And don't beat ourselves up for changing. It is okay. Every single day, a new life experience is put in front of us. And we are there to adapt to it, accept it, not accept it, whatever. But it will change us. No matter how we react to it, it will change us. And, you know, that's one of the things that I love that some of these other kinds of Star Wars things deal with. To bring it into Star Wars before we go with Chase, the movies give us big life moments and we have these other media to understand how we're going to each react to those big moments. And it's beautiful and I love it. And I'm going to read Chase's comment here. We're always on our own journeys. Uh, I just recently noticed my pronouns changing in my mind, heart, and soul and never would have guessed. But here we are, he, they. Like, Yay! good for fucking you, dude. Like, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for sharing that. It's amazing. And yes, we are always on our own journeys and like accept that 
Don't be Luke. Yeah. Don't always put your mind on where you're going. Think about what you are and what you're doing. And it's okay. And don't be like Anakin who looked too far in the past. Stay where you are. Be where you are. Love yourself and do all of those things. And it's okay. So hope with that, where can people find you? Thank you so much. And everyone, this was a very, this is a very last minute invite. So we love you. Yes. Thank you. Thank no you one so much ever for known. coming. Yeah. Oh, no problem. I, uh, Brian was like, you want to talk animation? I'm like, I'm always ready to talk animation. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that you can't tell is I still have sunscreen on me from earlier today. I, I smell like the beach. So. Uh, what was the question? <laughs> Where can well, no, but now you have sun- <laughs> yeah. Now you're talking about suntan lotion, and I should have had sunblock on because I have a very red face this evening. <laughs> no, like I said, I have to work in the Wrong day, take week. away the blue filter. Um, All right, where can people you, find you, Hope? Uh, you can find me um, at geekygirlexperience.com. That's my website where I write stuff. Uh, I also have an animation podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. We are finishing up Gravity Falls, and my co-podcaster is about to start watching Avatar for the first time. Um, oh, I know, he's never seen it. He's so excited. We're about to get to it. Um, and then I also have an, uh, a Star Wars podcast called J Guys and Jedi. I do apologize. We're in the middle of a website rebuild. So, like, our RSS feeds are crazy and broken. So, it's very <laughs> difficult to get episodes right now. I'm so sorry, but it's going to be cool when it's done. But, uh, yeah, I, I've had Brian on. I've had Mark on. Emma, you're next. Woohoo! Yeah. Can't wait. I actually kind of do an episode with a group of people where we just talk about fan fiction for like an hour and a half. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Emma. Tell me Boom. when and I'll be there. Yay. Boom. I love it. Uh, also, you can find all of link uh, uh, Hope's links down below, including a link tree thing that I'm not exactly how, sure how they work, but I think you click the tree and it gives you a bunch of branches with all the places you, <laughs> you can go can to. Find my so that's down below. Stuff too, there too. And yeah. buy some of her merch. I've been seeing lots of people buying merch and lots of happy customers on Twitter this week, which is yeah, pretty I'm, nice. I'm running out of geode bumper stickers. I have about 25-ish, 25 to 30 left, and they're limited runs. So it says Geode is my navigator, and it's a bumper sticker you can stick on your automobile or your bike. Boom. Just just (laughs) don't drive too close to a lake because we don't want that rock to sink. No, no, he could. (laughs) Was that good? Not so good? I would have gotten an eye roll from my kids. You and your dad jokes. Thank you guys so much for having me on, too. It's always so much fun to see your beautiful faces. I I hope I was a good mark. Love you. Very much. There's only one mark. Yes. But there's only one hope. Oh, Oh my God. Oh. (laughs) Yes. All right. Fox Floor. F-L-X. F-L-E-U-R. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Foxblur. <laughs> Ship who you want. All ships are valid. Yay! You can follow the show at Serving Pink Milk, and you can follow me for super gay, shirtless, body positive, working my way back to happiness. Pictures of B underscore sips pink milk. Lots of cute pictures of kids. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the gay, but follow the show. Don't forget to hit like and subscribe. Do Everyone all those things. Like. Everyone like, subscribe, and leave a comment for Brian's birthday. Yes. yes. And start birthday. leaving comments if you wouldn't mind below mm-hmm. because I learned that it helps YouTube. So you can even just say, Emma's really smart. She should just take over the show because no. Brian sounds like a nitwit. Never. You know, we were talking <laughs> about how we see like live action and 
animation and stuff. How do you see it? Some of us see it like a house. Some of us like see it different oh. ways. How do you see those things? Leave it yes. In Look at that. Yeah. How do you see Star Wars slash? Right. Also, what is your favorite Star Wars? Leave it in yes. the comments below. Everyone, thank you so much for coming, chat. We appreciate it. We love you. I, I love, love the steam room so much. And thank you again for last week and being like the greatest ambassadors. I you have no idea how much I appreciate all of you. So until then, have a wonderful evening and drink up.